0: They may be called the next generation, but they're the church of today. Reach, disciple, and mobilize students to share the hope of the gospel. This is
1: Next Gen On Mission with Shane Pruitt and Paul Wooster. Hey, friends, welcome to another episode of the Next Gen On Mission podcast. My name is Shane Pruitt. I'm the National Next Gen Director for the North American Mission Board. Got my partner with me, my co host, my ride or die. Paul
0: Wooster, who's our National Collegiate Director. What's up, Paul? What's up, man? Hey, I'm excited about what God is doing around the nation. I've been following a lot of the college ministries that are getting started up, and man, I'm just super pumped to see. It seems like God is moving in just amazing ways among this next generation um, right now, man. This coming out of COVID, it's been incredible to see, man absolutely man and and i see like two aspects of it um with
1: students of those who don't know jesus they they're seeking something beyond themselves right they realize right now uh with all things 2020 and then now all things 2021 they're looking for hope they're looking for answers um, and so they're looking outside themselves for that. That's exciting opportunity for the gospel. And then for those Gen Zers who are following Jesus, man, they're going all in. They know it's going to cost mm-hmm. them something. They don't want just to attend a service and go to a bunch of potluck dinners. They're like, they're going all in, man. So I'm seeing the same thing. I think it's an exciting time, even though it's difficult. It's an exciting time for the gospel.
0: Yeah, for sure. It almost feels like the stakes are higher now in some ways. Yep. Like and and in that sense, like this generation, man, I think we're ready to rise up and be bold about our faith. And so that's why I'm super pumped about this episode.
1: Absolutely. Well, friends, thanks again for listening. And today we're so excited about our guest because she is a Gen Zer, uh, Eden benton is 17 a senior in high school varsity cheerleader she is passionate about jesus and making him known uh, a follower of jesus uh, loves to share faith like paul she's like a little like soul winner man yeah, she's for like sure. we get I'm challenged
0: like, by her man. i know <laughs> she
1: sends us like social media stuff all the time about another friend she shared jesus with or like another person she's led to the lord and so we're like man she is doing it. And we always want to champion and rally around people who are doing it. So we want to equip those who maybe aren't. There's no shame in this game. We don't, we don't want to like shame anybody. We want to equip those who aren't, but we also want to champion those who are. And so Eden, welcome to the Next Gen on Mission podcast.
2: What's up? What a joy it is to be here. Thank y'all so much for having me.
1: Awesome. So well, hey, well, we're excited to have you. And today the topic is Gen Z Reaching Gen Z. Ow. So we're excited to have that topic with you, that conversation.
2: Wow, I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, awesome. Hey, before we get too spiritual, hey, tell us one fun fact about Eden that we may not know that we need to know.
2: So... Uh- Think y'all like football, you and Paul, as I can kind of tell just a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. A little so, bit.
2: Um, my favorite time of the year is coming up because it's college football season. Just this weekend, um, I'm a huge diehard. Clemson Tiger fan, go Tigers. Um, awesome. But to go a little, bit, a little bit deeper into this question, um, on Saturdays, I kind of have to stay off of Twitter, because if I don't, it's likely that I will get into a um, battle with someone over football. So I have to remember, I'm always representing Christ and um, even over football and I have to practice self-control. <laughs>
1: I love it. So, are you now a Jaguars fan, cheering for Trevor Lawrence? Yes, I happened
2: to watch the game yesterday. Yeah, it's yeah. I just and Tim Tebow was on it, but I know he's gone now. But I mean, how could you not pull for them?
1: Exactly. Hey, well, hey, every week I cheer for two teams: the Miami Dolphins and whoever's playing the Dallas Cowboys. Those are the two teams <laughs> I cheer
0: for. Hey, Amen. As a as a forty nine er fan, I can get behind the rooting against the Cowboys. And actually, it's funny. I have a friend that looks exactly like Trevor Lawrence. I'll show you oh. you guys sometimes. It's it's so weird, and he even had the long hair just like him and all that. But uh, it's kind of funny. So. um But now we're gonna get into some more of the serious questions. So Eden, what do we need to know about Generation Z? I
2: really love this question. as a Gen Z, um, Gen Z wants to know the truth. They want to know what truth is. Um, we live in a you-do-you society, you know, there's a million different opinions and you just get to choose whichever opinion you want to believe and go with and, you know, everything's good. Um, you know, I believe we're born into this world with a longing to know our creator who is the absolute truth. Um, Mm -hmm. But until the church steps up and talks about the hard things, the things that Gen Z go into their rooms at night and contemplate and question in their head until the church talks about that, we leave that room open for culture to define, for them to find answers on every other platform. Um and this is a wide range of it can be pornography, addiction abortion, drinking, relationships, sex, divorce, cussing, and the list is endless, um, as mm-hmm. y'all know being leaders. Um yeah. but if the church does not talk about it, we seriously leave it open for culture to define it. Um and I see it everywhere. Um, And so Gen Z, we do want to know truth and we're searching for it and we're starving for it. Um, And it's the church's job to step up, to speak about the hard things and to not let culture win and um, give fake truth over. But that it's the church's job, ultimately, you know, to say that Jesus, this is the truth. He's the truth. Um, And to come from a biblical perspective on all these topics that um, we are just starving and searching for. Um, wow. so the church just needs to step up.
0: Wow. I love that. I mean, yeah. something is going to fill that void. Those, yeah. this generation has that void that they need God, they need purpose, they need forgiveness, they need all these things. And they're going to look for those things in other places. And a lot of it they think is they're going to find it somewhere on this device, you know, and there's so many pl- directions that can go. And so, man, I just, I, that was one of the most insightful answers to that question. I just, I love that. And I love how fired up you are personally to know Jesus and to make him known and to, you know, again, we just see posts all the time of, Hey, let it, let another one of my friends to Christ or two girls had a bunch of friends over, let them all to Jesus. Um, man, I just love your passion for Jesus and sharing the gospel specifically so um, can you share a little bit of your story and how you got so fired up about sharing Christ?
2: Yeah. So um, I've always grown up in a Christian household. i super thankful for the family that God placed me in. Um, Got saved when I was seven at VBS, rededicated my life in eighth grade. And just this year, though, as of January 1st, 2021, I went to Learn Extreme where I got to meet Shane, and it was just an awesome time. Um, just seeing so many Gen Z just rally for Jesus and just worship him. There's nothing like it. But that was a changing point, a turning point in my relationship with God, Um I remember, as we know, Pastor Johnny Hunt, he preached last morning. The man, the myth, the legend, we all love him. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's awesome. Um, But he preached the last morning. And the one question that he left me with that just made conviction just fall all over me was, who are you bringing to heaven with you? And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, Honestly, made me feel sick to my stomach. You know, if I were to die and stand before Jesus, I would have nobody I would have brought with me. And that is a terrible thought because I have the thing inside of me that can change someone's eternity. Um, And so another illustration that he used in that sermon was um, he's preached funerals where he's, Seen friends stand over caskets of people and they're just sobbing because they're like, I don't have a piece at where this person's out in eternity. But how many times was I with that person? And just countless and countless of people popped in my mind, like, how many years have I been friends with this person? And if they were to die, I really don't have a peace that they would spend forever with the Lord. But how many times even have you been with them? And it was just such a conviction. Um, and so after that, I just could not say the same. I had to do something else about it. So um, that's, you know, when God's gave me the grace to lead others to the Lord. Um, And so, you know, speaking to that I feel like so many including me for so long Christians you know just live the basic life you know we go to church we read our Bible we um, you know don't cuss don't do the big sins you know we just are just simply making it through Um, but God calls us to something higher his very last words to us before he ascended back into heaven was to go and make disciples of all nations and last words are important and so we are called to Um, go and make disciples to share the gospel, you know, Um, and most people, you know, say, you know, God is my number one priority. If God's your number one priority, he should be brought up in conversation. Um, He should be seriously every, like consume your life. Um, And, you know, just from personal experience, how Jesus has changed my life and I've seen how he's changed my life Um, You know, you just want that for everyone else around you. You know, you see broken people and you know what can fix them and fix their problems. You know, you just want it so bad for other people. Um, And, you know, there's just nothing more joyful than seeing someone go from hell to heaven, from bondage to freedom and to have a fulfilling life, not just in heaven, but here on earth. Um, And there's just nothing greater than seeing someone come to know Jesus.
1: I love that Eden. And, and you're right. We all love Pastor Johnny, the man, the myth, the legend for sure. And I always say he has like the spiritual gift of inspiration. Like he can yeah. talk about a turkey sandwich and yeah. you'll want to run through a wall to get a turkey sandwich. You know what yeah. I
0: mean? So it's
1: not awesome. so, so like who are you talking about, Jesus. You're like, I gotta go tell everybody about Jesus now. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, but I also love what you said too. Like, if Jesus really is the most important person in your life, if he really is that priority. Um, How do we stay silent about him? We can't, right? But I also know that like the number one reason when people are asked, why don't you share your faith? The number one reason is always like fear based, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm nervous to do that. I'm scared. I don't know how they're going to react. So what would you say to someone who says, you know what? I love Jesus, but I'm so scared to tell others about him because I think that's a very real um you know, for like a better term, excuse of why people don't do it is just fear. So how would you encourage someone that just says, I do love Jesus. He is so important, but I'm so scared. I'm so nervous to tell others about him. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. That fear is a real thing. You know, it's not something, you know, to, yeah, I'm not trying to belittle it because it is fear is a real thing, but also believe that fear is um, the number one tool that the devil uses to keep us Mm -hmm. from telling others about jesus you know he can't take away our salvation thank god um Mm -hmm. but he can keep us in bondage of fear to where Mm -hmm. he won't let us be used by god because we're just captivated by fear um so fear is a real thing but to whoever's listening um gen z older whatever age um you got to realize that one day you're going to stand before God, the creator of the universe, and you're not going to stand before a man or a woman. Um, You're going to stand before Jesus. Um, And I, before coming on this podcast, I did a little questionnaire, like, why are you scared to share your faith? And it was kind of like what you said, Shane, it was judgment. It was fear of what other people will think about me. Um, And so going a little bit deeper in that question, you know, you're not going to stand before that person who laughed at you for keeping your purity or laughed at you for not going to that party. No, you will stand before God. And we should love God enough to be in a place that we fear him over what we fear other people thinking about us. Yeah. Um, my mom's always told me this from middle school girl drama to a senior high school. Now it's Eden. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus in you. Wow. And one day every knee will bow and you're not going to be responsible for whether that person came to Christ or not, but you're responsible for telling others about Jesus, and I've learned from personal experience that, yeah, fear is a real thing, but once you get over it one time, and you let the Holy Spirit comfort you, and lead the conversation, and just give you the power, because it, we can't do it on our own, but the Holy Spirit through us, um, can help us tell other people about Jesus and overcome fear. Um, but once you get through that, it's easier and easier the next time to tell more people about Jesus because yeah. you can see the life change and you just won't even care about what people think anymore because it's all about him. It's all about Jesus.
1: Yeah. I love that. I always say this too. And I, and you, you've gotten experience that is let one young person lead another young person to the Lord and they will be like on fire from that point. Like they will not shut up after that. You know That's what I mean? It's like, the, the yep. Oh, you know, at moments they taste the the fact and the reality that they just impacted someone's eternity, like that just sets them ablaze, yeah. you know, you
2: something you yep. can't even grasp.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, I love it. It seems so natural for you. Like Paul said while I go, like, I love that. Like when you share those great stories with us and tag us on social media, I love that. Always share those. Um, And it seems so natural for you. Um, What would you like? What would be a practical like next step advice you would give somebody like one of your peers that maybe they've never shared their faith before? Where would you tell them to start? What would be one practical like first step to start living on mission like that?
2: Um, So from personal experience, you can just share your story. Like there's plenty of hurting people around you. There's plenty of ways to turn any kind of daily conversation into a gospel conversation. Like people are going to complain. People are going to rejoice about something like, wow, like God's good, you know, but it always points back to him. You can always turn a conversation to a gospel conversation and just share your story um, and just meet people where they're at. The gospel is not supposed to be confusing. It's simple and If ultimately you're relying on the Holy Spirit, God will move in their life and, um, you know, just share your story and, you know, just leave it up to the Holy Spirit to convict and be the one to, um, you know, change that person's life. But you just got to be obedient.
1: Yeah, that's so good. I love that. And that's just a great reminder of what you said. Just got to be obedient, like because really success in evangelism is not in results because that's up to the Lord, right? The successes are obedience. Just saying yes and walking through those doors. I love that. In shifting gears a tad bit on the, the disciple making side, you know, which, uh, Really, you know, Paul and I, our heart is like, we believe evangelism and discipleship are two sides of the same coin, right? They go mm-hmm, hand mm-hmm. in hand. Uh, they're not enemies, right? They're like <laughs> conjoined twins, really. Um, hmm. But like, what are some like, like when the local church, thinking through the local church, so maybe for the pastor that's listening, the the youth leader, uh, the BCM director, the college pastor when thinking of generation Z, what are some like most important practical ways that church leaders can disciple your generation? Like what is your generation looking for in discipleship?
2: So I want to share a statistic. My pastor, um, shared the statistic a few weeks ago as we're building a new kids wing in our church and it just like, just stopped me in my tracks. And it's nearly half of those who accept Christ do so before the age of 13, which is 43% of people and two out of three before the age of 18, which is 64%. So church leaders, whoever you are, BCN, whatever leadership position, you need to recognize the depth of your job and that most likely um, kids who you are pouring your life into, you know, this is the age that they will most likely give their heart to Jesus if they do so. The older you get, the the harder it is and the more the percentage goes down of who's when they're going to get their life to Jesus. Um, Mm. So go ahead and realize that it is crucial now that you're giving them the gospel. So to get practical on this um, question is just give them the word of God, give them the Bible. Um, You know, Gen Z, we crave the word of God. We need it. I believe if we get Gen Z to fall in love with their Bibles, we see we will see discipleship mm-hmm. expand through the roof. Um, mm-hmm. Because unlike most books or other religions, you know, this isn't a history book. Um, our God's not dead. He's alive. The word is active. Um, and, you know, it's Like I said, it's not a history book. Like It is the love letter from God to us. Um, And so the answer is simple. Give us the word of God. We're looking for authenticity in our leaders. We're looking um, for you to be real in your leadership and just to stick to the word. Because just know that the word is alive and active and it penetrates souls. Um, Mm. And just if you preach the word and give it to us, you know, the word will do all of the work within us. But we need it.
0: Mm. Oh, that is so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And man, I would love to see millions of more Edens (laughs) across the nation, (laughs) people that are just wanting to share their faith and love Jesus with their whole heart and that that boldness. So what are some things that um, pastors, college pastors, youth pastors can do to empower and equip um, students to, to share the gospel and just to be on the the front lines like you are?
2: Um, I would say one-on-one mentoring is definitely super vital. Um, you know, a lot of, People can go to youth groups and big gatherings and they can just slip out the door. But it's that personal one-on-one mentoring relationship where, you know, you truly get to know the person, you truly get to know the student and know their heart um, and just giving them the gospel, giving them the word. And I'm telling you, if you give them the word and you make it personal with them, just like Jesus makes it personal for us, they will have a longing to um, disciple other people People and they will have a a, a, um, longing in their heart to lead other people to Jesus. But it's that personal relationship, that connection, that one-on-one and give them the word and they'll be unstoppable.
0: Mm, I love that. That's so good. So what would you say, kind of shifting gears a little bit, what is the most difficult thing that your generation is facing right now in culture?
2: Mm, This answer is pretty simple to me. um, And it's, we struggle or a lot of Gen Z struggle with being lukewarm Christians. Um, I see it all over my high school. I see it social media and everywhere in between. Um, and it breaks my heart because it's like it's become natural. You know, you can go to church and you can have John 316 in your bio, but you can party, you can sleep around, you can cuss any, You know, you can even make a mockery of the church. You know, you can um, do everything Contrary to it, but you know, you can profess it with your mouth. Um, Pastor Johnny said before, you know, it's not the truth you know, but it's the truth that you obey. And that could be, cannot be more true. Um, my word of the year is set apart. And for me and any other Gen Z who's listening, you know, as followers of Jesus, we're called to live set apart. Most likely, if the world's partaking in it and participating in it, we shouldn't be. Um, and my, mama, oh, my mom, she's full of wisdom, but she's always told me this verse, it's wide is the way that leads to destruction, and narrow is the way that leads to life, and few find it. And that could not be more true. The wide way, what the world is doing, that is on their way to separation from God for eternity. But narrow is that way. Um, so we are called to live set apart. And also the other verse, you know, if anyone is in Christ, we're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so if Jesus truly has changed your life, you know, old things have passed away, your old ways, your old desires, you know, now you, you live a new life, um, you know, for Jesus. And I also believe that going back to this too, goes back to our churches and to our parents. Um, you know, the church has loosened up on its convictions and parents have, um, allowed too much foothold for the devil to snatch their kids. Um, parents play one of the biggest roles in how their children turn out. Um, I'm 17. I'm a senior in high school. And I personally, it's going to sound crazy, but I love my boundaries that my parents give me. I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful they're in place. I'm thankful that I'm only allowed to go on double dates. I'm thankful that, you know, I don't even have a curfew because I don't even like, like going out. Um, (laughs) That sounds crazy, but like, I've never had a curfew, but just that parents, Play such a key role. So, if you're any parents listening, your child wants boundaries. I promise you, they do. They never will say it, but they'll be so thankful that they're there. Um, and you, leaders and parents, play such a key role in um, our life. Um, and just remember that this verse, it says, young people, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in. But remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. So refuse to worry and keep your body healthy. But remember that everything you do um, with with a whole life before you is meaningless. Um, so just remember that you have life to live after college, after high school, um, and that li- Living like the rest of the world and living lukewarm, you know, the Bible says that the Lord will spit you out of his mouth. Um, Mm -hmm. So just go ahead and live set, set apart for him. Um, It's worth it. It's hard, but it's, there's nothing that brings me more joy than walking that narrow path.
1: Ah. Eden, I love that. And Eden, I love that you pointed to the influence of the parents as well. So, all parents that are listening, I just want to encourage you and what Ian just said. That's so valuable. And hearing that come from a daughter who is talking about the influence of her parents on her life. And I just want to remind you, parents, listen, your kids don't need you to be perfect, but they do need you to follow a perfect savior. And the best way to love your kids is to love Jesus and from that overflow. And then also I love the fact too, that Eden pointed to as well. Parents is that like, you know anybody can be your kids' friends, but only you can be their parent. Uh, I once heard this said one time, and it's so true: is that if you try to befriend your kids when they're little, if you only want to be their friends, then when they get older, you still have to parent them because they're very immature. Um, yeah. But if you'll be their parent now, when they get older, you can be their friends because they're yeah. going to be people who are flourished in Christ. And so I love that. Great, Eden. In well. The heart of this podcast is really that we would see your generation be the now generation not just the future of the church but the church right now so we always close this podcast with the same on mission charge that the heart behind this podcast is to see your generation be the now generation that your generation would be the church right now, that you have a calling of God on your life. You have the mission of God on your life now. Um, And so Eden, would you give us one closing thought on that and one practical next step?
2: Yes, I love this. Um, And I have a verse to go along with it. it. says, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live in your love, your faith, and your purity. Gen Z, um, we are the church of the day, not tomorrow, not 10 years from now, but today. Um, I was reading in 1 Corinthians 2 the other day, and I was really encouraged by Paul's words, and I want to share them with y'all. I think that will encourage you where you're at. and it's one, come to a, when you're sharing the gospel, come to a person out of deep concern and heartbreak for their soul. No other reason to come to them. Two, don't use big lofty words when sharing the gospel. Most people, you know, haven't been in church their whole life and they don't understand the churchy words. Just bring it down to a level that's um, understandable to them. You know, the gospel is supposed to be, you know, simple um, and not easy or not hard to understand. And then three, give them Jesus. When you're sharing the gospel, simply give them Jesus and that's it. And lastly, rely on the Holy Spirit. Um, It is your job to plant the seed and the Holy Spirit's job to convict. And if you do those things and you just rely on the Holy Spirit and just give them Jesus, um, you have fulfilled your calling. I know a lot of people and a lot of Gen Z, you know, we're looking for purpose. What is my purpose? It's to know God and to make him known. And if you're doing those things, you are fulfilling your purpose. Um, leading Jesus or leading someone to Jesus is one of the most is the most rewarding thing in life. There's nothing that can bring you more joy and it's something you can't even grasp or wrap your, your head around, you know, um, but you are never better positioned to make an impact for the gospel than when a lost world watches you as you boldly stand for Jesus. Um, I'll leave you with this. I'm 17 years old. I'm a senior in high school, a varsity cheerleader, and by the grace of God and the Holy Spirit's power and restraint in my life, I've never tasted alcohol. I've never done drugs. I still have my purity. Um, I've never been to a party, but let me tell you what I have done. I'm at um, I've tasted the grace and goodness of Jesus and it satisfied me every time. Um, I'm absolutely in love with him, but Hey, I have really good news for you. Whoever you are listening, you can do it too. Um, yeah. only Jesus y'all only Jesus.
0: Hmm. That's so good. Yes, yes. (laughs) I just want to say, Amen. Yeah, preaching on here about to give an altar call. We're about to give an altar call. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, I just love that. You know, you're not overthinking it. You know, I lot of think a lot of people overthink it in evangelism, and I love how you're just being bold, just bringing your out of love and concern for your friends. Just, I, I love how you just invite your friends over. You, you have coffee or whatever, and you just like share Christ with them and give them a chance to respond to Christ. And it's just that intentionality and that, that fearlessness, that boldness that I think God wants to do across the nation, across the world. So thank you so much, Eden. Um, How can people connect with you?
2: So I love social media. I love connecting with people. So y'all can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at EdenElizabeth8. And my DMs are always open. I love to chat with people. So I feel like one of the greatest tools God gives us in this Gen Z is our social media. So using it for the glory of God. And so I'd love to connect with whoever wants to talk or whatever. And yeah, so it's been a joy. Thank y'all so much for having me. It's been an absolute blast.
1: Awesome. And thank you so much for joining us. So good. Paul and I were so excited about this conversation. We knew it'd be great. So thank you so much for your obedience to the Lord and making Jesus known. So thank you so much for that. And friends, thank you so much for listening to another conversation on the Next Gen on Mission podcast. If you have any questions on reaching the next generation, please email us at evangelism at nam.net. We'll try to address those on a future podcast. Also, we are so excited, Paul and I, about our ever-growing community of listeners that are engaging with these conversations. So we just want to encourage you that, hey, if you find value in this, if it's an encouragement to you, then share it, help us share it, You know, give it a follow, give it a rating, uh, share five it on stars, social media, please. share it with your Yeah, five stars only, <laughs> five stars only. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, share it with your, your community of friends as well and fellow leaders. And uh, we're so thankful for your engagement involvement. We're having a blast with you. We hope you enjoy it. Also, hey, we always want to encourage you with this. Have a great rest of your day and tell somebody about Jesus.